This is Aldrin Sampia on Beyond the Headline. It's 16 minutes after 4 o'clock. We're in conversation next with Dr. Msizi Mieza, who is the Chief Executive Officer for the Council for the Built Environment. This morning, a second fire broke out at a hijacked building in Marshalltown. This fire takes place less than a month after a fire claimed the lives of 77 people. So far, no fatalities or injuries have been reported as many of the tenants have been evacuated. Earlier this week, Gauteng uh, Premier Banyazali Sufi announced the terms of reference for the Commission of Inquiry into the Marshalltown fire at the Usindiso building. Um, our next guest unpacks if the Commission's terms of reference will bring accountability and if the Commission will address the housing crisis in the Central Business District. Uh, Dr. Mieza now joining us on the line. Dr. Mieza, good afternoon. Thank you so much for making time for us. First of all, um, what does this latest incident tell us about what's happening in the Joburg CBD, but more on a broader scale as well, um, all these buildings that are lying derelict in many city centres that have now been occupied? Thank you very much, Aldrin, and good afternoon to your listeners. Just a quick one, just to, to respond to your question. Maybe let me start by extending our condolences to the families that might have lost their lives in the previous fire in the And secondly, thanks that maybe in the in the second incident that took place this morning, there were no fatalities. And I think it's it, 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 it's great that uh, at least people didn't lose their lives. Just to respond to your question, I mean, if you talk about the, the, the housing uh, challenges in the country, it is a complex matter that requires a multi-pronged approach. Um, just to paint a picture, there has been a series of cases where in either residents, uh, NGOs, the state and government to support in relation to the issue of access to housing. You recall the case, the Blue, Blue Moon Night case in 2010, uh, 2011, somewhere around. You remember the case, Staffel the case in Cape Town. And I think those are some of the cases. Nekewini, Abakalbas, and John Dole have been fighting with the city about the issue of access to housing. And, and therefore, I think it requires us to take a step back and rethink. Because I don't think the, the, the fires that we are seeing um, are going to assist us in, in, in dealing with the matter if we don't actually take, take a step back and rethink what it is that we need to do differently. Now, in relation to your, your question about the TOR, I think the, the, the premier has done the great, the great thing because it is important before you can plan on what you need to do to understand what really led to, to, to the cause. Because there are various uh, school of thought. Others are saying buildings have been invaded. Others are saying, no, it's because of legal housing. Others are saying because property owners are deserting their properties and therefore they allow these criminal elements to take place. So unless we have a common starting point, we might actually be missing each other. So therefore, I think the show are the way they've written they should be able to assist us in addressing the matter. And, and, and looking at those terms of reference as well, and um, there was, I think, about three weeks ago where um, the SABC News team looked at um, buildings that have been hijacked and also buildings that have been left at derelict as well, is that it's not a Gauteng problem, it's not a Johannesburg problem, but it is a South African city centre problem. Um, yeah. Do you think at all that the Department of Human Settlements, perhaps the Department of Public Works as well, um, should have a joint effort that looks at taking a similar approach that the Gauteng government has taken because we might find that some of the concerns that are raised in um, in the city of Joburg may not necessarily be the same for Nelson Mandela Bay because the lived realities are also different and also have some different bylaws. That, that is precisely the point. I mean, if you recall, recently I think the Minister of Public Works did announce that government will be taking a, a, an audit of all the publicly owned buildings. 
uh, which might have been embedded, some of them, others might be in a dead state. So you'll find that the, there are pockets of these kinds of uh, uh, buildings in different cities. And then I think that requires uh, that one aspect. The second aspect, when you deal with the issue of housing, they, they, they call it gap market. Uh, if you're dealing with a gap market in inner cities, for example, you take Cape Town, the, the inner city challenges in Cape Town will be slightly different than what you see in yeah. the or North Mandela Bay. Therefore, you can't have a blanket approach. And also the kind of people that these cities attract, um, in most cases, you, you either you find them in these, uh, I'll call them these pockets that are actually uh, decayed uh, pockets, or you find them in the periphery. But you find that in other cities, um, these people will find them in these buildings that unfortunately have been hijacked. So, so the poor people actually bear the brunt of some of these challenges that you see in our cities. And I think it's not going to stop, because if you look at the predictions for the next coming years, cities will continue to attract uh, people into, into them for, to seek opportunities. And therefore, I think it requires really a, a rethink from our side as government and, and private sector and civil society on how best you take this problem. But you, don't, you can't exclude the, the, the residents themselves because they also need to understand that safety is paramount and also it's about uh, their dignity and also their livelihood in, 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 in a city. So it, it, it's not a simple one-size-fits-all approach. And I agree with you there. And, and, and then the final one is around um, looking at the build environment, looking at developers. And I, I wonder, when we look, for instance, at, at mining companies, and mining companies have to deposit some reserves that are set aside for rehabilitation uh, once those mining companies have moved out, whether the same should not apply um, to, to developments as well, that there should be money that's set aside for the rehabilitation and also for the reimagining of what happens once that company has moved out of that building and no longer finds the city center viable. Anglo-American, for instance, um, they have closed um, down their um, their offices in the Joburg CBD and they have donated that um, that building to, 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 to an NGO. I don't know whether the NGO will have the money to take care of mm. the building, but there's that question also as well that you find businesses that move into the city center. It's a hive of activity. We have all the cranes that are coming in, and it's just construction that is happening everywhere. 40, 60 years down the line, the companies move out because the business is no longer viable, and the building just stands there. Yeah. Look, I think, I think it's, it's true. I mean, you, you obviously can't dictate on what private individuals must do, but I think it is important that as we envision the future, the nature of the buildings that we build in our cities should be multi-purpose in a sense that in an office setup, you should have the, the neat type typologies. Because what has happened, if you look at all these buildings, they were single-use type buildings, either in office park, when you try and retrofit it, it becomes costly. And then that pushes up the rent. And you'll find that most of the players in the inner cities, they have to do much more to actually make this building in a state of uh, being accommodation property because they were designed as offices. And I think maybe moving forward in the future, we must think about how do we design buildings that accommodate different needs so that as the needs change, it does not become too expensive for those who remain behind to accommodate those spaces. And I think that's, I mean, the inner city problem that we are grappling with is that obviously private sector move into different places for for whatever reason. And then when they leave the building behind, it becomes costly to to refurbish and make it habitable. And I think we see the case in point now with the, 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 the mining company that left the building, I think, this week or so. And I think those are some of the innovative measures that we must think about. But also, it's a partnership, it's a partnership, it's a partnership. Obviously, the rule of law must also come into decision.
a very important conversation there. Thank you so much for your time. 0614-104-107. You can also drop me a tweet at Aldrin Simpia and our studio line is 086 2032 Thank you so much uh, to Dr. Caesar.